Greetings, Earthlings. This is Robert J., and I am too lazy to type what I'm thinking. But, of course, I'm not too lazy to talk about it. Uh, just uh, an update. Uh, there's still no hand sanitizer to be found anywhere in uh, my radius of the world. So I know every once in a while some shows up, and I keep missing it. It's it's like it's like playing whack-a-mole. <laughs> you, you, you know, it pops up somewhere and you go there and it's gone. And uh, but uh, I am okay. I got plenty of soap and all that. And I don't really need hand sanitizer for my life right now. But I expect I'm gonna go back to driving Uber at some point, and I would like to have some in my car uh, for the passengers, if nothing else. And so. Uh, there is a, a slight bit of altruism there for it. I'm trying to think of anything else that's been annoying that I haven't been able to get. Uh, my wife likes to use the wipes and stuff for makeup and everything, and all that stuff you know, has been hard to find as well right now. But that's, you know, as far as uh, disasters that we live through, that's the worst thing we have to deal with uh, yeah we're doing pretty good I guess they're pushing out the uh, stay at home order uh, until the end of April so I don't know I, I suppose I, I guess that means schools too they had said April 24th for the schools and uh, I'm assuming it's now being pushed out to April 30th and uh, hopefully when April 30th gets here, we will get to. I don't know. This is, uh, it's getting kind of crazy. I'm looking at the numbers in Italy. And the numbers here, when you think about it, uh, the, the number of people that have died from this virus already uh, is pretty staggering uh, when you just, you know, kind of compare it to other things that go on and the length of time that, that it's affecting us. You know, it's more—it's uh, more like a war. It's more like uh, our parents and grandparents had to deal with in World War One and World War Two, where there was something that if we didn't stand up and and uh, and do something, it was going to take us out. And, you know, sometimes you just wonder if uh, you know what would happen if we just decided to make this a Darwinian thing. And it's the survival of the fittest and the strongest survive and yada, yada, yada. But, uh, you know, we don't seem to swing that way anymore, do we? Hey, this is a, a special uh, program today because I've uh, I got my friend uh, Pete Ring coming on. Uh, we're going to share and compare notes between what's going on here and what's going on in uh, Cambridge. He lives in the UK right now. He's from Drogheda in uh, the Republic of Ireland. He and I used to be on a radio show together, not a radio show, a radio pro uh, station together, an online radio station a number of years ago. And so it's always good to talk to Pete. He's, a, uh, he's always got a, a good outlook on things, and he's, he's seeing things from a different part of the world than myself. So with that, let's just uh, bring on this... Uh, recording of our conversation right after this message. 
All right, uh, this is Robert J, and I am too lazy to type what I think, but what I will do is uh, talk to my friends. And so I got one of my friends, Pete Ring, from across the pond. Uh, Pete Ring is from uh, from Ireland, and we were together on a radio station, an online radio station, a few years ago. But you're not in Ireland now. Where are you at, Pete? Hi, Robert. Good to hear from you. Uh, I'm in England now, um, in Cambridge, on the east coast of England. Well, how long you been in Cambridge? Uh, well, about five years. Oh, you're losing your accent already. Work over here, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I haven't gone, haven't gone back yet. And so, what do you, what are you doing there? Uh, I'm working as a um, porter stroke security guy in uh, in one of the colleges, and uh, we do we we do fire marshal work as well. Uh, it's quite good. It's you know it's um, you're dealing with students and uh, you know people from the university. So yeah, it's good. You're you're on the go and you're meeting people all day. I like that kind of thing. Being Irish, I like talking to people. Probably too much. <laughs> ah well. Is everybody wearing gloves and masks over there? Oh yeah, oh yeah. What what happened here was um, the the prime minister here, Boris Johnson. Um, he didn't really want to go into full lockdown, as far as I could gather. So initially, he was he was trusting that people would do the right thing, you know, and follow the guidelines. But unfortunately, not everybody did, and uh, it just wasn't working. So last Tuesday, they announced there would be a full lockdown. Um, you're allowed out of your house uh, once a day to exercise on your own or with household members and um, you can go to the shop once a week to do shopping and aside from that that's about it uh, if you're an essential worker as I'm fortunately still classed as an essential worker you can go to work but you've got to go to work when you finish work come home not stop at the shops on the way, just, you know, basically go there and come back. And the police are enforcing this quite rigidly. So, yeah, it's, it's quite a change of culture for everybody here overnight. Well, I guess the police have to have something to do. Well, this is it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny because prior to this, um, here in England, they were complaining that they didn't have enough police to, to you know, deal with all the crime and stuff and people were complaining that if they if they made a call to report a crime that they, they'd be told sorry no officers available but all of a sudden now they seem to have officers aplenty they're everywhere i went to work the other day and uh, i thought i was in a, an episode of hill street blues there was cops everywhere i looked how uh, how do they know that you've already been to the store for the week well <clears throat> I suppose they don't really, they, they're still, I suppose, depending on people, uh, you know, it's doing the right thing. But I mean, there have been cases here of um, neighbours informing on, on, on other neighbours to say, like, ringing the police and saying, I saw that guy out this morning and now he's out again this afternoon. And you can be fined, you can be fined uh, £60 if you breach any of the, um, the lockdown uh, you know, if you contravene the lockdown procedure, but the uh, so, but the grocery delivery is fair is very well available. Well, the, 
It is. The grocery delivery is available, and, and people, you know, supermarket workers are um, are considered necessary workers. But the problem is they don't have enough drivers. They're trying to get more and more drivers, and. I mean, at the moment, there's about a two-week waiting list, apparently, for most of the stores. Wow! Uh, you know, to get a delivery. So, yeah, it's. I'm hoping that it will settle down. I mean, I suppose it was the same everywhere. People here initially went crazy in the shops. I mean, t toilet rolls. I, I, I still don't get that, but <laughs> you can't get them. That's the same here. It, it, well, the the one thing, yeah, is the is the toilet. Toilet paper and the, uh, the the hand sanitizer and wipes, you know, sanitizing wipes and things like that. And people are gouging, and it's just really, uh, that's kind of a nuisance. Yeah, I, I think a situation like this, um, Robert, my, my opinion is... You, some, you see the best in people, like there's some really nice things you see, but you also see the worst in people in other situations, you know. Um, so I'm trying to personally focus on the on the positive things. I mean, there's there's people here who are have dropped in leaflets into everybody's door to say, if you're self-isolating, call this number. If you want to talk to somebody or you want me to run to the store for you or if you need anything. Um, you know, things like that are really nice, you know, I think. Oh, that's great. How, how's things going back at home for you? What do you hear from... Uh from Ireland uh, during this well I'm supposed to be I was supposed to be in Ireland at the moment but unfortunately the flights were all grounded last week I was supposed to go home on Saturday um, they went into full lockdown on Friday night uh, and they're even uh, a bit more severe you cannot un unless you're a necessary worker you cannot go further than two kilometers from your home um, you can go if 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 the store that you need to go to is more than two kilometers, you can go. But uh, you know you basically have to go there and come back. If you're going out for a walk or something, you've got to uh, keep it within a two-kilometer radius. Well, you know, I, I guess I understand the safety of it. It's also a, you know, it's a nuisance. But what are you going to do if you just kind of leave it open to survival of the fittest? I suppose, huh? <laughs> and see who's still standing at the end. Most of us old, old geezers yeah, will be gone. That's right. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be voting for that plan. Mind you, uh, initially here, you know, before it really kicked in here, they did kind of um, suggest that idea, the government, that maybe protect the elderly and the vulnerable and let the kind of young and fit, healthy people just go out and carry on as normal and get the virus and develop an immunity towards it. But uh, yeah, that, that idea didn't take off too well. Right. I, I'm, the first weekend that we were supposedly in voluntary uh, you know, quarantine or uh, voluntary uh, you know, home, uh, home quarantine, Everybody took off and went out to the beaches and stuff like it was, you know, spring break. Because it, it was the first nice day we had had in a long time. You know, it had been raining forever. And so the sun came out. It happened to be the weekend. And uh, the TV cameras picked everybody up, you know, by the lakes and, and whatnot. And so we all got severely reprimanded by the governor. I felt like I, felt like I got grounded for what my troublemaker brother did. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's funny, Robert, the exact same thing happened here. 
It was a bank holiday weekend, and normally at this time of the year here, probably like yourselves, the weather's not so good. There was an unseasonably uh, warm spell of a few days, and like that, it was voluntary at that time, and everybody went crazy all out to the parks, picnics, you know, and, and the media then, of course, jumped on it. Look at all these people. And, uh, yeah, it, it, if, if the, the weather's now back to normal, like, it's pretty awful. So if it had been like that, maybe <laughs> maybe we wouldn't have gone full lockdown. But I think it was always inevitable that we were going to. I mean, they've got to control this thing one way or the other. So have all the students gone home? Well, that, that's another reason why I'm still there. There's something like 120 students, a lot of them from the States, actually, um, and they haven't been able to get home because there's no more flights. Uh, there are, I believe, embassy flights available, but they're very hard to come by, so those students are pretty much locked down in the college. Uh, and I do feel sorry for them because the student accommodation it's probably fine when they can go out and about, but to be locked down in the student accommodation wouldn't be too too uh, too good. It's not too luxurious. Yeah, I can imagine. I lived in a dorm uh, for a year when I was in college, and yeah, it would have been sort of a drag. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, I do feel sorry for them, um, and. Uh, you know, especially a lot of them, well, you know, those of us who live who, who live away from home, you know, you're always worried about your family and that, but I suppose the positive thing is at the moment we have technology now that wasn't there years ago, you know, where you've got, you can FaceTime and, you know, see your loved ones and that, which is, is a big, big help, I think. Well, I know it, uh, well, that's why we can do this, isn't it? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, which is which is great. I can uh, bombard the world with my uh, unsolicited opinions about stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a definite plus on the on the, on social media. I think. Well, I told all my coworkers that if they were listening to me, it's because it was voluntary, not like they had to sit next to me all day anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, mind you, it's it's um, it's a really good platform. This isn't it, the the, the podcast platform. Um, I'm really enjoying your your shows. Well, it's great. Thanks. Um, glad somebody's listening. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the uh, so your family in Ireland, they all doing well? Yeah, they're fine. Um, I, I've got a I've got a son there, um, and my mom and my brother and my sister. Uh, and thankfully, thank God, they're all okay. Uh, I've got two other kids here who, who came here for work as well. Um, so we're kind of split up. But yeah, it's, it's, they're doing okay, so I'm not complaining. You know, they're all healthy and well, thankfully. So is your wife with you in England right now? She is, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know whether she's pleased about that fact. <laughs> We've been married a long time, but... I don't think we've spent this much time together for, for quite some time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's downstairs now listening to um, some kind of um, Instagram posts or something about, I don't know, make up her hair or something like that. But uh, <laughs> she, she, she's, not, she's heard enough of my unsolicited opinions, I think, in the last few days. Yeah, my wife was off of work for, uh, for two weeks. And... Uh, She'd had a cold, and 
uh, decided she decided that she was an at-risk population and that uh, she was able to take some time from work and still get paid and uh, so she spent two weeks here and got fully recovered and we watched a lot of television yeah I mean it, that that is the danger is it I mean <laughs> uh, there's some companies who are going to do well out of this. I think the likes of Netflix and Amazon Prime, uh, because uh, yeah, you just find you watch any old rubbish on the television when you know when there's nothing else to do, or listen to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And in Seattle, is is it on um, full lockdown? Pretty much the same as here. Yeah, it sounds. They're not being quite as strict. I think the governor here has been trying to keep it a little uh, less draconian sounding. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, it's, and what uh, about the sounders? I don't know, man. I don't know if they're going to... Yeah, who knows when they're going to start up again. You know, they, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's another byproduct here that um, I've heard, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of sports podcasts and stuff, and there's a lot of um, football teams, or, or for our American friends, soccer teams in the, in, the, um, in the English league, especially in the lower divisions, and they're kind of operating on a shoestring as it is. So some of those clubs, if this goes on any length of time, some of those clubs are going to go under, you know, they're not going to be able to survive, I think. Well, I think they're going to have to start from scratch as uh, community-based uh, operations. Huh? Some of the small, smaller towns that uh, might be owned by the municipality or something. Yeah, which, when you look at it, might not be a bad thing. Yeah, I've heard that the Bundesliga is really worried right now. Yeah, because I guess the way they're structured, uh, just not getting... Uh, this money is going to collapse a few of them. Yeah, it's it's sad because um, I think a lot a lot of us uh, would be a little bit happier being stuck at home if we had some sports to watch on TV. Yeah, I saw a thing that they were doing. Uh, I don't know if it was NASCAR or, or some some racing outfit got a bunch of drivers into uh, the simulators. And they were racing with the simulators, and they had it all hooked up so that you could watch it on your computer or TV screen, and it looked like you were watching a real race. And so these guys were all racing with each other, and it showed their car, and it, it, you know, it it looked pretty realistic, and uh, that sounded like a lot of, a lot of fun. That's good. Yeah, funny enough, um, there's a guy. We went to see this guy um, who was a singer in in a club last year. Really, really good singer. Plays a lot of soul music in that. And um, so what he's done is obviously he can't gig at the moment. So he he goes on Facebook Live and he asks for like a small maybe one pound or two pound donation from people uh, just to keep keep him going. He puts on a he puts on a good show. We had a listen to him yesterday. Um, so it's good to see people you know trying to think outside the box to you know. Uh, keep their keep their artistic career going in, in, a, in some way if they can. Well, yeah, I, I believe there's going to be some real interesting technical technological uh, things that happen by the time this is over. True, yeah. Um, plus, I, I, we might find a new a few new stars 
Um, I noticed uh, you, you, you shared a couple on Facebook earlier who I enjoyed watching, um, who put up a video. So what, yeah, here's the thing, is that everybody has complained for years that as a society we've been growing further and further apart because of our uh, technology and we're not doing things together and we're all looking at our phones. And so now we have to do that and we can't do anything else. And are we gonna, I hope we're going to return to, uh, you know, wanting to spend some time with each other in person when this is all over. True, that's very true, Robert. It's it's one one worry that I have. This social distancing, I know it has to be done, and, and we're all doing it. We're trying to be responsible, but uh, hopefully we can get back to you know shaking somebody's hand and and as you say, interacting with people, uh, you know, out in the street and that. Because you know, I don't. We're not human beings. We're not. We're not. Um, you know, we are social creatures. Isolation doesn't suit most of us. I think. I know it doesn't sound right to say it, but we're pack animals, just like our dogs. Exactly. Yeah, we we really are. We really are. I mean, we know that. You go to any football match, and you're going to see that. And sometimes it's yeah. Sometimes there is a bit of a pack mentality, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Well, some yeah, of my but, friends, uh... some of my friends from work are talking about uh, having a uh, a parking lot party. Where they, 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 we saw, I don't know, I saw a video somewhere of some people that were like all six or eight feet apart uh, sitting in the trunks of their car, uh, visiting with each oh. other that way. That's, um, that's interesting. Yeah, I like the sound of that. I do like the sound of that. Um, it's great to see people coming up with ways, you know, where they can still, you know, abide by the guidelines but still interact with each other. I like to hear that. I haven't heard that. That's, that's, that sounds good. Now I guess you know we're we're still we're still in a lo in a place where they're saying okay well you can go do your essential stuff so they're not you know they're not trying to uh, chase us all home all the time but yeah. uh, you know something like that where everybody's being responsible you know I have a I work with a group of people that all you know get on well and we all love each other and it's a great place to work and so uh, you know that's that's part of the thing we we miss seeing each other you know every day of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I like to say, I, I think what what they've done here is they went easy and, and trusted people. Um, it didn't work. Now they've gone hard. I was just saying to to my wife there. I think they're going to slowly ease up, you know, again and allow people a bit more freedom and say, look, okay, we don't want to go hard again. We're going to let you go out, you know, meet people if if you if you keep the social distancing. Um, and if you do that, fine. If you don't, then okay, it's your own fault. You're going to go back to lockdown. Well, I look at it like this. There's people out there that don't mind killing people and robbing people and doing all that. So I don't think some of those people are going to really care, you know, about uh, uh, an extra rule or two. I think some of those people are going to do what they do regardless. Oh, there's no doubt, Robert. There's no doubt. I mean, I listen to uh, I listen to a lot of radio and podcasts from Ireland. Obviously, keep up to, up to speed at what's happening over there. And um, it's not funny, but I, I had to laugh when I heard it. Apparently, the drug dealers in Dublin were still operating last week, but they were all wearing gloves and masks. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it's funny. Uh, what well, somebody said, I was uh, standing in line at the bank and some people with masks, masks walked in and uh, everybody started to get a little bit nervous about it. And they said, this is a holdup. And everybody just relaxes and, oh, that's, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I do feel sorry for anybody who... Um, say, for example, somebody who's a smoker who might have a smoker's cough, because if you cough in public now, my God, people run a mile. Well, I know. I mean, people would go to work and it's allergy season, for crying out loud. So, you know, people are blowing their nose and sneezing and coughing and, and uh, everybody's, you know, holding crucifixes up and saying, stay away, stay away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, well, here's the other yeah, thing. A... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. What happened? No, sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, that, that's a fear of mine because I suffer badly with hay fever. So, and we're just coming into that season here. So, yeah, I'll have to hide myself in a box or something. So, who's, how's it working over there for people getting tested for the virus? Well, initially there, there, was, there was a lot of tests. There was drive-through tests and, and, and uh, health service would come out and swab you at your home. But now they've, what they've done is... Um, I think they, they ran low on tests, so now you have to um, be displaying two out of three symptoms, I think, before they'll give you a test. That's well, the way here, it's working here, anyway. Here they wanted all three. <laughs> My wife called her doctor <laughs> uh, when she, you know, just mostly for the paperwork about work and whatnot, and they asked her not to come in while she was sick. I go, really? The doctor said, don't come in while you're sick? And I think it was, it was more the corporate thing, and that's, that's what you have when you've got big business running medicine. But... Well, that is a, yeah, that's the issue. I mean, I, I came from that kind of system in Ireland where you basically, if you haven't got the money to pay, yeah, you're in trouble over to England where I was amazed to find the, the NHS is available freely to everybody. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's a really good service. Okay, so here's somebody that can see from uh, two different angles. Uh, how's Brexit affecting things between Ireland and England? Well, it's, it's funny. Um, the people in Ireland because I, I go I go home, well, I have been going home about every six weeks or so. Uh, because if you book a lot of it flights in advance with Ryanair, you can get some really cheap flights. So I usually book a load, um, even if I don't use them all. Um, so the people in Ireland were, I think, more worried about it than the people in England were. Um, because Ireland, and Eng Ireland does like a hell of a lot of business with England, uh, probably 90% of, of a lot of uh, exports and imports. So they're worried about, because Ireland, the Republic of Ireland will remain part of the EU, but six counties in the north of Ireland are still occupied by the UK, so they'll be part of Brexit. And it's a small little island. They'll be part of. They'll be left the EU, but the rest of Ireland will be still in the EU. So that has been a major kind of a stumbling block with it. Was it affecting the border between the two, between uh, be between the Republic and the North? Well, the border was was 
I mean, I grew up with the border, hard border there, um, and I lived near the border, uh, and it was, you know, patrolled on both sides by, by army and everything else. And then uh, after the Good Friday Agreement, the border pretty much disappeared uh, as a, as a physical entity. Um, and of course, what people don't want is to have that hard border again. But interestingly, um, just before the, the this pandemic broke out. Um, uh, Sinn Féin uh, got a huge amount of the vote in the in the last in the Irish general election, and it looked like they might be able to form a government. And uh, of course, one of their big policies is a 32 county republic, and they were going to um, push for a referendum on that. So, uh, but of course, that's all gone by the wayside now because um, the 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 standing Taoiseach, who's the, the prime minister in Ireland, he he. Um, He's still in charge, so nobody knows what's going to happen there now. So, are the are the uh, are the rules and regs the same uh, for the virus in Ireland right now? Did you tell uh, me that they're pretty much the same? Pretty strict. That's right. You told me yeah, they were they, pretty strict. They, Sorry, I'm yeah, getting yeah, old they, and I'm forgetting they, things already. No, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> they they're a little bit uh, they're a little bit stricter than they are here. And they seem to be enforcing it even uh, more stringently than they are here. That may be due to the fact that it's a much smaller country with a much smaller population. So, uh, you know, there's 67 million people in the UK. There's only 4 million people in the Republic of Ireland. So they can probably, you know, enforce it a lot, a lot more strictly. But... Um, it's it's much more of a, a continental style lockdown in in Ireland, like in in and the continental countries in in Europe, they they're really pretty strict. So so I've heard. Well, it must be a lot different. Uh, there are so many little tiny villages that aren't necessarily connected over here. There's small town after small town after small town that all connect to the major you know, metropolitan area. You don't get a lot of, or at least where I live on the West Coast, you don't get a whole lot of open space between towns. Um, I know that there is, and people that are listening will correct me about that, but I'm talking about so many towns here that are just border to border to border to border to border, and so you can't just sort of shut down your town like you could in the some of the other countries well this is true yeah um, you know there's been a few silly things happening here I mean I saw a guy uh, who, who put up a, a video on YouTube where he lives in a village uh, somewhere in, in the north of England and he wanted to take his dog for a walk so he went to the next village which was about a mile and a half away because there's just lots of fields there where he could walk his dog and there's nobody about. But when he when he got there, the police pulled up and asked him where he was going and said, no, you can't do that. You've got to stay in your own village. It's crazy. I, I cannot wrap my brain around what's happened to Italy. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. Um, but I, I, I listened to a journalist uh, who was who was interviewed um, from Italy, and he said it's he he thinks it's um, very much a cultural thing, in the sense that they've got a lot of they're very close families, and 
they can have three generations of a family living in the same house or they've got an apartment block and the whole apartment block is full of all extend one extended family so the kids were going out and the teenagers were going out they were mixing and then they were coming home and of course they're very uh you know they're very physically um you know they'd, they'd come home and they'd hug and kiss their granny right. and their grandfather oh, yeah. and that's they reckon they reckon that's how it spread so quickly well they're a lot more uh huggy than uh we are over here the, yeah to be know, sure and so i guess that's got to have a lot to do with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I said, I said to my wife, I was, uh, I was brought up, uh, you know, probably like yourself. I was brought up where you, um, you know, if you met somebody, you, you gave them a good firm handshake, and that was it. And then everybody started hugging and kissing, and I was never really comfortable with it. You know, I prefer a nice handshake. So I said to my wife, it's not really a hardship for me. I've been social distancing for years. Well, yeah, at the, at the school, we've uh, had the students move away from handshakes to, uh, you know, knuckle bumps, and now we're not even doing that. All right. Here they've got the elbow bump, and then somebody else has come up with the ankle bump. Oh, I, yeah, I saw that. That's sort of silly, huh? Yes. I mean, I said, I said to a guy here, one of the students, I said, where I grew up, if you went around elbow bumping people, you're going to get into trouble. <laughs> You'll end up in a fight. Well, especially when you t they tell everybody to sneeze into their elbow. And so now we're, yeah, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so does this yeah. mean we're supposed to, since we're, we're, we're elbow bumping each other, we're supposed to sneeze into our hands again? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it changes. I mean, you really have to. It's it's one thing you really have to keep up with the news because everything changes, not just daily, sometimes hourly. It's it's incredible, really. We're having a uh, an online meeting for my work tomorrow, so see if there's any new news. Hopefully, I won't be joining the unemployment rolls because there's too many. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, that seems to be the thing now, the online meeting. Uh, a guy was telling me the other day in, in work that he was involved in a, uh, an online meeting using some new platform, and there was 47 people at the meeting. Oh, yeah, was that uh, like Zoom? Zoom all of a sudden has become a thing. That's what it was, yeah, Zoom. Yeah, Zoom. Yeah. It was the first time I'd heard of it. Well, I wish I'd have bought stock in Zoom, Zoom a month ago. Yeah, I know, man. Or, or even if you bought a lot of um, masks and hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Well, Pete, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on with me, man. I, it's good to hear what's going on uh, around the world. It's my pleasure, Robert. My pleasure. Great to talk to you. All right. Well, hey, let's keep in touch, and uh, let me know if you get any uh, any any big bulletins from Cambridge. Uh, Fire it over to me, and we'll uh, we'll we'll spread the word. Absolutely, you'll be the first to know, Robert. It's great to hear <laughs> from you, and be safe. Uh, right. Stay safe right. and stay well, my friend. All right, take care, buddy. Take care. Take it easy. Thanks again to my friend Pete Ring from Drogheda in the Republic of Ireland. 
currently residing in uh, Cambridge in the UK. So I guess uh, you don't need to listen to me flapping my lips anymore. So I'm going to call it a day and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk at you next time. Bye-bye.